You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, good morning once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is Friday, November the 9th, 2018, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, as usual, Craig Hemke, and our Weekly Wrap-Up expert guest is, of course, Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, I, I thought it could have been a little more dynamic week than it was with the election results and all that, but, uh, you know, we're kind of hanging in there. A little weakness here, a little strength there, so let's uh, talk about some big things. Eric, once again, the market just rallied like crazy as soon as the election was done, this time on the idea that gridlock, I guess, is going to be the, the best. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's funny, isn't it? I get a kick out of the two rallies when one, the day he got elected, when it was getting crushed for the first five hours, and then that overnight, by the way. And then, of course, it rallied strong after the first election in 16. And, of course, one minute Trump was bad for the market, the next he was good. And, of course, I analogized that, you know, they had the plan of Hillary. When Hillary got elected, they were going to run the market anyway. Uh, so what should we do, guys? Let's just run the market. There you go. And they did. And uh, same sort of thing uh, yesterday, because you don't want anyone to think anything's bad, you know. You don't want them to think gridlock's bad, so you run the market up. And we all forget about it, and we move on to the next issue, whatever that's going to be. So, And there's lots of issues out there, and, um, you know, the trade issue hasn't gone away. I would say the sort of political chaos is uh, rising quickly with this election. Yeah. So there should be uh, lots in the news to have uh, people concerned about things. Uh, it's interesting. The market's kind of cooling off. The stock market's kind of cooling off here after the big Wednesday rally. Uh, so we'll see if we get back into, you know, the sort of October theme that we had, uh, which was not good. And, of course, the leadership just got trounced. Right. And uh, I think there's lots of signs that the economy is kind of cooling down. I thought one of the more interesting ones was there was a survey of uh, traveling. And um, somebody suggested that the travel indices have, are all of a sudden going down in October. This is sort of a reading that comes out regularly. And, uh, of course, you see some of these surveys where I know, something like 40% of the middle class couldn't pay a $400 bill if it came in the door. So yeah. um, that those kinds of things have, uh, uh, have caused concern. The whole China slowing down thing is, uh, I think, very prevalent. And we're going to have to see how that plays out. It's hard to predict because you never know what the government's going to do about it. They could sort of taper over for a while, but... Uh, you know, there's some talk of a bank run over there. It wasn't a little bank either. I mean, supposedly the losses of $5 billion. Wow, that's not that's not exactly chump change. So anyway, there's lots of reasons for the market, the general market, to be uh, concerned about things. Yeah, you know, and, and they somehow managed to keep it afloat. I guess when you create 15 trillion yen, euro, and, and dollars, it's got to go someplace, so it just keeps flowing back into equities. Yeah. But but we got to three and a quarter on the 10-year note back in early October, yeah. and that seemed to be the level that uh, really whacked the stock market. And here we are again. Yeah, it's and I don't blame the bond market for, for selling off here. I mean, you know, here we are talking about another tax cut. Oh, my God. How's that going to work out for the uh, the deficit? Uh, right. It looks like uh, President Trump is a pretty uh, easygoing spender. Uh, so people who have concerns about the financing of the deficit, which we all should have, because when the Fed's a seller and Russia's a seller and China's a seller, well, who the hell's the buyer? And 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 we got more 
more being issued substantially more in uh, 19 than 18. So I can understand rates going higher here. And of course, it's going to be calamitous to the non-developed countries because most of them have debts priced in U.S. dollars. So the interest rates are moving up on them here. So that's that's not a good thing as well. Yeah, far more interesting 2019 than most folks are envisioning, you know, where it's all pretty predictable. Yeah. You know, the Fed just going to raise yeah. rates and the stock market's going to go up. I will see. Sure. Hey, uh, two sure. big two big news items this week. I know everybody's dying to get your uh, thoughts on. Uh, let's start internationally. Uh, it was announced why they why Venezuela ever gave their gold back to London after they got it back in the first place seven or eight years ago. I have no idea. Uh, and now President Maduro wants what's left of it back, and he's being told to... <laughs> just go ahead and, yeah we'll get it to you no it's not no they're not going to get any um what do you make of that uh eric well it's the same old thing you know anytime anybody asks for a significant amount of gold it's never yes it's never tomorrow's delivery if you know what i mean it takes a long time and of course they're putting it down to well they're afraid he's just going to launder it himself which there might be some truth to that uh the country definitely needs the money that's for sure um but you wouldn't think that you could have uh, that sort of political thing enter into that kind of a, a decision not to send it back, and we'll have to all stand by on that. Um, there are other sort of interesting things around the gold market, too, that I think are, are kind of more interesting than Venezuela, but Venezuela was interesting. And, of course, the one is the the J.P. Morgan uh, trader yep. who was uh, being uh, charged with uh, spoofing. From 09 to 15, oh, my God, it just makes me sick to think about it, you know? Yeah. All the times I was there every day, you were there every day. Oh, my God, what we have to put up with. Um, and I thought Ted Butler wrote an interesting write-up, and I agree totally with it. It's it's not so much the spoofing, it's the big picture, right? The whole, right. we just take gold down when we want to take gold down. And, and we're talking over weeks and months here and years. Uh, which is the bigger picture rather than what some guy does for one minute. But the fact that that culture uh, was allowed and promoted by his seniors right. at J.P. Morgan is, uh, it's enlightening. I mean, not that we didn't all expect this. We all expected it, okay? We see right. what happens every day in the stock market and the commodity markets and all the weird trading and, you know, the the decline of uh, you know twenty bucks on ten billion of gold being sold in a minute. I mean, what the hell? What are we thinking? And where the hell are the regulators here? Why, right. why doesn't the CME and the CFTC pick up on this stuff? Why is it the Department of Justice, for God's sake? It's crazy. That's anyway, that's for certain, my friend. We have to work with. Yeah. I I thought it was interesting that the actual press release from the Department of Justice would not went out of their way to not name J.P. Morgan. They just called it a United States Bank, and then it was also spun that this was some low-level guy. Uh, yeah, a low-level guy who had the title of vice president. Anybody that works in a big organization knows once you're a VP, a full VP, you're like a made man. And he said he had yeah. the approval of his supervisors and managers to do what he was doing. Yeah. And was allowed to, to uh, put an offering out of two million ounces of silver, just like that, too. Right, it would have been worth thirty million dollars worth of <laughs> silver. So we had some authority there. Let's face it. So, Eric, let me just ask you an aside. You know, there's all these 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 guys out there that that write newsletters or uh, they manage money. And they all claim that, that we're just a bunch of uh, tinfoil hat crazy people to think that mm-hmm. the prices are manipulated. Do you think they just are, – do they just not 
pay attention? Or do you think they're so in the tank for their own business that if they, you know, if they admit that there's manipulation in any market, that, you know, the people that buy their newsletters or, or pay them their management fees are going to go, well, why, if there's man- management or manipulation, why do I pay you? I mean, what are these, mm-hmm. I mean, why do these people continue to deny what's so yeah. obvious now and admitted? Yeah. Well, of course, it's less likely than a newsletter writer. Like, there's lots of newsletter writers who know about the manipulation. In fact, I would say the percentage of newsletter writers who realize there's something weird going on is probably pretty high. It's more the general commentator who, you know, you, you'd be lucky if you get, you know, half of 1% of the general commentators think that there's anything nefarious going yeah. on. And uh, the funny part is that we see it in everything. <laughs> we see it in the bonds. We see right. it in the, the currencies. We see it in gold and silver. I mean, there's hardly a market. I mean, they really haven't quite got to the stock market yet, although they did nail some individual. I forget. They might have even been living over in the Middle East or something for spoofing the, the S&P. I mean, this was incredible. This one guy, I probably didn't have more than $5 million, and he was able to spoof the S&P, which tells you how how easy it must be for that is somebody with a, a deeper pockets to spoof the S and P. So, I mean, it's 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 just uh, it's omnipresent. Who's kidding? Who? Right. It's omnipresent, which should make everyone sit back and wonder about the stock market, right? And what's really going on, and what could happen? Should a few things, uh, should a few cards start to fall? Okay, that's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah, it just seems as if everybody is so dependent upon keeping the the whole illusion going that nobody wants to call it out. You know. Um, well, well, that's part of it because they're in the business, right? I mean, unless you take the major institutions, they're all in the business of keeping people with their deposits in the bank and not wanting them to to take them out, right? Or keep it in some product that where they're earning a fee every day, right? So yeah, you wouldn't, uh, you'd never want to uh, have the system corrected because where where would the stocks be if it was corrected i mean the value of the of those companies those institutions would go down dramatically if all of a sudden the bond and stock markets went down in fact now that you think of it and with, with stocks hardly up on the year I, I guess maybe they are up a tad now i don't i'm not sure and bonds weak i mean what's the average pension fund doing this year you know probably doesn't have any gain right no so that's what's, what's going to happen a year and we got when we got another seven percent assumption and we earn nothing Right. You know, more underfunding. So, of course, we won't talk about that either. No. Anyway, I should close with a couple of other comments. I wanted to talk about, uh, uh, you asked me, I think, about the Barrick-Rangold merger. I didn't think much of it. I was sort of kind of surprised to see the stock go up. Most stocks, I think, went up 20%. And uh, so it's you have to pause and say, what the hell's going on here? And obviously, there there's some uh, belief that when you put two companies together and you fire a bunch of people, that's good for stock prices. And I guess that's the assumption here, that they can somehow uh, economize on things because they've merged, and uh, which typically means closing something and some guy losing a job, which ultimately is not good for anybody. Um, but that's that's an interesting thing that, that, that those stocks reacted so well to that. So, in fact, I was... <laughs> I'm kind of happy that finally a, a big stock or two has gone up here. So that's noteworthy. Um, I also wanted to uh, mention about Walbridge had some pretty good drilling results come out. Anybody can go and take a look at them. Uh, uh, Kirkland Lake, uh, well, they had a, some tours down there at Fosterville, and uh, I, I've noticed a lot of comments about it from the analysts that were there, and obviously they all realize that 
Foster is a situation where we mined uh, something like a year to date, uh, 20 gram material, and uh, the the Swan Zone has 60 gram material. So anybody who wants to put a little mass to it can imagine that our production might go up. So hopefully that will resonate with the market a little after the uh, the tour down there. It's going to be an interesting last part of the last part of the year too, Eric. One last question I want to ask you about is the tax law selling, because I know the the rules are yep. different in Canada as to when you got to uh, take those and all that kind of stuff. And the equities have, and the shares have often rallied the last three or four years after that's over with. When's all that done this year? I don't know the specific date, okay. but I'm, it's somewhere around Christmas time. Okay, It could be a day before Christmas, a day after Christmas, something like that. Um, and they, I think they tend to rally uh, before the expiry date, okay? Because everyone normally does their tax planning before that. They don't wait till the last day. So you should see some uh, selling pressure here in uh, November for sure. Guys would be thinking about it. A guy like me thinks about it. You know, like, yep. am I going to owe any taxes this year? Do I have some, something that's losing that I can sell so I can uh, minimize my taxes? No sense paying taxes if you, on a winner if you've also got losers, right? Right. So um, that and it kind of ends around the middle of December. And you can get a powerful rally. We've had many, many powerful rallies begin the middle of December. Like really... 20, 30% moves in stock. So right. that's uh, typically happens around here. And of course, you, and maybe you take some pressure off the commodities too. You know, we got here, we got the gold down. We got this big December contract coming up. Oh boy, there's so many outstanding contracts that, you know, could you honestly think that they're not going to put pressure on it into expiry of the, of the contract? No, I guess they will. So we got a few more weeks to. To suffer here for a while. Yeah, and that's a couple weeks away still. But yet, the last four years, prices have rallied uh, in the oh, yeah. last couple of weeks of the year and into the, the first weeks of the new year. So maybe sure. there's still some hope. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I'm pretty optimistic that things should go up. I mean, of course, I always fall back on the the physical buying, whether it's Hungary or Poland or Russia or China. There's lots of buying of gold going on here. So um, it's, it's much better to have physical buying of the product than it is to see something happening in the comex that is not going to last that long no doubt about it and in terms of uh, buying the physical uh it is that time it is getting to be holiday time it's it's middle of november now and of course uh big favorite every single year is brought money's holiday catalog and it's out now it's a collection to inspire some gift ideas it's a great any from from like if you're just a regular collector you want to give some gifts to the Discerning investor, there's something for everybody. It's at SproutMoney.com, and one of the things you'll find there is Eric's pick of the month. Man, it's a November one-ounce Queen's Beast. It's the Falcon of Plantagenet gold coin. It's the sixth release in the popular Queen's Beast series from the Royal Mint. So again, you can go to SproutMoney.com, or you can go to 888-861-0775. Give us a call, and uh, we'll get some of those babies out to you. Every single ounce helps. And again, as uh, President Maduro and uh, the poor people of Venezuela have found out, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. Right, Eric? <laughs> you got that right. And I can tell you, I've given away a lot of coins in my life, and people love getting them. That's exactly right. Great gift idea. Once you hold an ounce of gold in your hand, man, do you realize you got something. So, uh, Eric, I'll be looking for you to send me a few uh, happy holidays, my friend. <laughs> You got it, Craig. All the best, buddy. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.